Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Everybody, Sports Daily back for the first time in a while. Hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving holiday. Hope we're all full and refreshed and had all the family and friends we needed to get us through the colder months here. Glad to be back with you. It's been a while. A lot has happened since the last time we talked, which would have been what last Wednesday. Uh, we've had tons of football since then, tons of basketball since then. And we are your spot to get back through it all. Jacob Albrock here alongside Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers producing for us. You can always get in touch with the program, 869-1240. Happy to have everybody on board with us here today. Tommy, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. A little under the weather today, to be a little honest with you. But uh, I wasn't going to miss today's show. Reaction Monday, a lot to get to. It's been a while, so I'm glad to be here. We'll get it. We'll, we'll help Tommy power through it. Uh, some things will get him excited. Some things uh, maybe not so much. But uh, but we'll we'll power through here. Let's start with the NFL Sunday. Tommy, this is. I'm glad we didn't do picks last week because this was probably the worst betting weekend I've had by far. I think that I lost every bet and every fantasy football game that I have yesterday. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a rough day uh, in my world in that regard. In the uh, in the fake football world, but that's okay uh, because there were some interesting things happening in the NFL. Let's start with the Chiefs. I don't know what to take out of that game so much. It almost felt like the Chiefs were just trying to, you know, get through it. Um, it's it's amazing to me that the line was around 16 points because the game finished at a random 16 point number, 26 to 10. I mean, sometimes it just it's a joke. Uh, but the Chiefs get it done. They, you know, they. They played fine other than in the red zone. They had a backup quarterback in there. The Rams never stood a chance. We knew the Rams didn't stand a chance. The Chiefs maybe let them off the hook just a little bit, but, I mean, I'm fine with it. I, I don't. There aren't a lot of takeaways from that game because it just felt like they needed to get through it and move on with their lives. Yeah, for it being America's Game of the Week, uh, it was an awfully boring game, I thought, um, all the way around. I mean, the Chiefs were kind of going through the motions, the Rams knew that um, really the only way that they could really get anything done was with their defense and Aaron Donald um, to try to shut down Patrick Mahomes because they really had nothing going on offense. Bryce Perkins is not just a backup. He's the third-string quarterback. Um, Allen Robinson is out for the season now. Of course, we know Cooper Cup is injured. They don't have a running game. So offensively, there's nothing there for the Rams. Um, but Kansas City, you know, it was kind of like going through the motions and just, you know, trying to get through it. Uh, you know, get a victory however you can. Uh, it wasn't pretty by any means, but they got the win, and they're 9-2. and two. They remain the number one seed in the AFC West, and we move on to next week. Yeah, it's, um, it is it is what it is. There were some, you know, things within the game. Isaiah Pacheco continues to handle a heavy workload. It looks like that's going to be his role moving forward. Not particularly, you know, effective, but 
good enough. And it's, you know, the Rams still, with all the injuries they have offensively, are a decent defense. So uh, that doesn't surprise us. None of the receivers went, you know, ballistic, but it was good to see Juju Smith-Schuster back on the field. Um, It was interesting to see the mix of receivers. The ball was spread around just a tremendous amount yesterday by Mahomes. Um, Sky Moore, though, five more receptions. He had the punt fumble. I don't know when they're going to stop putting him back there on punts. It makes no sense to me. Um, you got, I mean, who cares? Just, just get somebody back there to fair catch it every time. Uh, but, but as a receiver, he's continuing to grow. Hopefully, McCole Hardman at some point will be back. Kadarius Tony could be back. Uh, but we got to see, you know, as healthy as that room has looked in a little while, and they spread the ball around. That's that's a pretty good sign offensively, I think. Yeah, I thought Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a good game, too. Uh, there were a couple of catches that he made where, um, you know, he was hit pretty much immediately after reeling in the catch, and he held on. Um, so I thought that was good. That was a positive development from MVS uh, in that game. And, you know, I feel like it was a little bit shocking how bad Kansas City was in the red zone. And Andy Reid even said after the game that all of those red zone drives had something in common, but he wasn't going to say what it was because they want to get it fixed. Uh, before they they take on Cincinnati. Um, but I thought that was a little bit shocking, the way that they played in the red zone. And then special teams has been bad all season. I know Dave Tobe has been a good special teams coach for a long time in the NFL. He's been with Andy Reid for a long time. This has not been a good season for him and his special teams unit. Uh, it just hasn't been. And so um, I, they need to figure out something else at the punt return. It's not Sky Moore. It hasn't been, it hasn't been Sky Moore. It's not going to be Sky Moore. Um, so I know Kadarius Tony's been out, but you got to find another option back there um, because eventually that's going to come back and bite you. Well, and I hope it's either McCole Hardman or Kadarius Tony. I mean, it, it hell, they may have been at option C there um, with Sky Moore, but just stop making him any option. Like for real, just put yeah. somebody back there that can fair catch it. Like don't even worry about the return. Just, hey, you're going to get back there and you're going to fair catch this punt. That's all you're going to do. We're not returning punts right now. We're not, to, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, those fumbles will kill him. But it was fine. I mean, there's not a, just a whole lot to take away from that game because it it sort of played out like you expected it to. Um, and and the Chiefs did just fine. 437. The one thing I will say, though, Tommy, it's another one of these games where they they load up with gobs of offense, but for sure leave you wanting more. Sort of like the Tennessee game, right? Like, you can't put up that kind of production up and down the field and not put points on the board. And that's the red zone stuff. I don't know how long-term a problem that is because the Chiefs over the last few years, really in the Patrick Mahomes era, have been about the best red zone football team we as we've seen in football. I, there was a stretch, and it was either last year or the year before, where they, where they did this same sort of thing. But they, they're going to have to be better there because – what makes the Chiefs so lethal right now, it's not the big playability like it used to be. It's their ability to just hold the ball and move it up and down the field at will. But a part of that is you got to have points on the board. They know that, obviously. But your level, you know, if you had to, if you had to gauge it 1-10 to 10 on the red zone woes right now, and we've really seen it in two games, their inability to not, not to move the ball but to get points on the board, where would your level of concern be with that right now? I mean, I think it's probably a seven or an eight right now. I mean, it's concerning without a doubt. Um, There was one drive, one possession in the red zone that I felt like they got it right. And that was Isaiah Pacheco right up the middle for a touchdown. Um, And and that was the drive that I thought, okay, this is what we need to be doing in the red zone. 
There were a couple of other drives, though. I don't know if you thought the same thing that I did, where there were trick plays galore inside the 10-yard line. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, there was that, I think it was the play where um, there, Mahomes pitched it to Moore, Moore threw it back to Mahomes, and then Mahomes tried to throw a touchdown. It's like, you guys, you are, you're inside the 10-yard line. I get that you want to show the defense different looks, but there are other ways to make this happen. There are other ways to score that's probably, you know, a little bit more, I guess, conservative, um, although I've, I've complained about Andy Reid being too conservative at times. But in this regard, when you're in the red zone, when you're inside the 10-yard line, I, I think that there are better ways to handle that than trying to throw a bunch of trick plays at the defense. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with you on this one um, because the Chiefs for years have been uh, hailed as this creative, innovative you know, team for the, the shovel passes to Travis Kelsey, and everyone tries to copycat them after they do that. So, And I, and I tend to lean to that camp of I've always appreciated Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' innovation at the goal line. So I think that's a part of who they are. And I think we can't sit here when it works and say, oh, my God, how smart are they? The mad scientist is at work again. But when it doesn't work, then say they need to be running the ball up the middle. I mean, I watch enough NFL football now. Running the ball up the middle doesn't work in the red zone for very many teams anymore. Like we don't see, and I don't know why this is, but we don't see – you know, Ladanian Tomlinson 25 touchdown seasons anymore for running backs. What, for whatever reason that is, I don't know if it's, you know, linemen are blocking in a different way because the league's gone more pass happy, but that bulldozer mentality, I mean, you've got the Titans. There just aren't very many of them that do it that way. I'd like for the Chiefs to be able to do that. I'm not sure that they can, though. I don't know that, well, you know, Pacheco's kind of a run as fast as he can straight in the line. I, I'm not sure he would be the best option in that in that role anyway. Let me clarify. I think the only reason that I'm I'm critical of the trick plays in the game yesterday is because they did run the ball up the middle with Pacheco and it worked. That was the the one. Let's see. They had two touchdowns in the game. Were both of them in the red zone? I think maybe only one of them was. I'd have to go back and yeah, look. Yeah, I think so. But the, the one that was in the red zone was Pacheco right up the middle running the football for, I think, a 10-yard touchdown run or something like that. So yeah. that was working against the Rams' defense. Um, in that regard, I feel like the game script, it dictated for them to, to go back to that a little bit more as opposed to trying to get cute. I do agree with you. It's very easy to sit on the sidelines and say, when it works, this is amazing and innovative and and. You know, Kansas City is above the, you know, that they're, they're, you know, ahead of everybody else and what they're doing offensively. But then when it doesn't work, criticize them for trying to get, quote, too cute. I understand that. And I'm with you as a whole. I'm just saying in this particular game, when you're looking at this game in a funnel, it worked well for them to just run the ball up the middle. I wish they would have kept doing that. Yeah, it, it needs to at least be an attempt, I think. Um, I just... I don't know. I, I've had a hard time with this over the last 24 hours or so since the game because it, it's just been one of the staples that has made them so good is that they rarely miss opportunities for touchdowns. It's been a problem a couple of times this year, and I just I don't know how to gauge if it's actually a problem or if we've just seen it in a couple of games and it's not that big a deal. I don't know, but what I do know is it, they don't, you know, they have a little bit of time to figure it out before the postseason, but that's going to be a big part of 
why the Chiefs think they can win a Super Bowl this year is taking advantage of every opportunity offensively. They can't count on a game-breaking play anymore. They don't really do that anymore, where you could be stalled, 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 and boom, there's a huge Tyreek Hill play for six to really open things up. That that hasn't really happened with this team. This team's been highly effective offensively, but that's by getting the ball up and down the field and into the red zone. And if you're going to do that, you got to have the ability to, to, to score, right? I don't know if they're ever going to be able to run the ball effectively. I mean, 22 carries for, what, 65 yards, 69 yards? Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty pedestrian. So they're going to have to run it better than that. Does that become a bigger part of their red zone plan? I'll say this. I highly doubt it. I, I don't think that we're going to see Andy Reid change what he's done for three decades, especially most recently with Patrick Mahomes and the things that they've done. I think that whatever it is that they talked about after the game, hopefully they can identify and get fixed pretty quickly. Because at some point, Travis Kelsey's not going to score five touchdowns in every game. Like the teams are going to, they're going to do everything they can to take Travis Kelsey away in the red zone. What else are you going to do down there? We'll see. I don't know what they're going to do, but but I'm going to leave the ball in their court and for now give them the benefit of the doubt because it has been. It's been the strength of this team for a long, long time. I did like Patrick Mahomes spreading the ball around throughout the game. Ten different receivers got a catch uh, in the game, which, you know, that's that's going to leave defenses guessing. Um, when you yeah. don't know if the ball is going to go to one of your wide receivers or your backup tight end or your third string running back, and they, they all were effective to different degrees. It was nice to see Ronald Jones out there for the first time this season. Didn't do hardly anything running the football, four carries, 12 yards. But he did have a catch for 22 yards where he actually he looked pretty solid uh, in that catch in the run after catch. Um, so that was nice to see the distribution of the football around. I thought that Juju Smith-Schuster was clearly on a pitch count, um, but he I think he looked good when he was out on the field. Um, and then, of course, you were, we're seeing Mahomes getting more comfortable with guys like Sky Moore and Justin Watson. And so knowing that there are a bunch of different weapons out there that Mahomes trusts, um, it, it's going to take some of the burden off of Travis Kelsey. It's going to make him uh, more effective, I think. Uh, but then also it's going to show that you've got different options to get the ball to to get those points on the board. And, and so the, the later we get into the season, um, that's essential to know who the top priorities are who the top targets are, and uh, who can be effective in crucial moments. Yeah, it's well, it just makes it more dangerous. If Patrick, if Patrick Mahomes has the confidence and enough guys to just read the defense and, and make his reads and throw it to whoever it happens to be, that makes this defense th that much more dangerous. Think about how many quarterbacks right now in the league can't trust who they're throwing it to and how much that limits them. If Patrick Mahomes can simply read the defense and make the throw, I mean that 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 just is going to be miserable for, for the for the opposing defense to try because at that point you can't really lock in on anybody right you're just you're just trying to defend them and at that point you're you're playing losing football if you can't get pressure on the quarterback so it was fine look the Chiefs get the win um, not really a whole lot else to to take away from that game I mean the red zone woes but. You know, it just felt like a game they kind of needed to get through a little bit and and move on because now they get a big road stretch of games that uh, just for that reason alone get a whole lot more difficult, and we'll go from there. We'll talk to Dan Israel of the Chiefs Radio Network, uh, look back a little bit, but mostly look forward with the Chiefs. We'll do that tomorrow 
right here on Sports Daily. All right, we are just getting warmed up. Let's go through a few of the other NFL storylines that we saw. KU loses a game in basketball. We've got the Sunflower Showdown in football to talk about. The Shockers uh, bounce back from a, a loss in the in the final game of their tournament with a win over the weekend. We'll get to all of those topics today in your calls, 869-1240. You can also get in touch with us on social media. It's all Brockton Caster, Chad Chambers producing. We'll roll forward and continue right after this. Getting old, man, love it. <laughs> Take me out. Take me you out. Know, we right were talking now. about. We were talking about uh, yesterday. You and I were texting about how we get sick a lot more often now that we have kids. Yeah. Um. I, I, I never believed that until I had a kid myself, and now I feel like I'm sick far more often than I was before I had kids. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty much sick through the entire winter. Like yeah. somebody in the house at all times from about. Uh, from about Thanksgiving until spring break, basically, somebody in the house will be sick, basically at all times. Um, you were, um, you know, listen, as men, we suffer far greater than our spouses when sick. Um, you can call it the man flu, you can call it whatever you want, you can call us being wussies, whatever it is, it just hits us harder. It's just science. It's the way it is. Um, but yeah, when you get kids, you get like zero sympathy, um, from that significant other. And it almost, you were laughing. Uh, it's almost like it becomes a bigger bother to everybody that you're sick. It's like, okay, (laughs) just, we'll just sit over here and be sick. The man flu is a real thing though. I mean, come on. Like we, we need help. I don't, I I don't know what it is, but it's real. Uh, Tommy's suffering through with us today. I'm sure I'm not far behind. Uh, with, you know, whatever, the holidays, school, everyone's got something. It is what it is. Uh, let's talk about the other games in the NFL. Interesting, last night uh, in the most recent game, the Eagles, uh, it's almost a record-setting, but a recent memory record-setting night on the ground. That's a dangerous proposition to think about with that team, if they can run the ball that way, for sure. Uh, the NFC East continues to just win games. 
you had, you know, the Cowboys played the Giants, but the Commanders get another win. They're just figuring out ways to do it. The Eagles look good. The Cowboys look good. Um, the Jags, did you see the Jags beat the Ravens? And did you also see that the Jaguar mascot was like in a Speedo on the sideline? How, yeah, that was that was bizarre. Um, I was hoping you wouldn't was, bring that up, but you know, I know here it's we are. information we need before we might bet the Ravens. I don't know. Like I would never bet the Ravens if I knew the Jags mascot was going to show up in a speedo. Uh, just the information you got to have. So that was there were wacky finishes, you know, wacky things happening yesterday. You know, the Browns got the Bucks in overtime. The Bucks just can't figure it out. Uh, the Panthers' offense looked decent right against the Broncos who if nothing else had boasted one of the league's best defenses uh the Raiders got the Seahawks in overtime a little strange there the Niners only able to take care of the Saints 13 to nothing we just keep waiting for the Niners to take off and they just keep sort of meh meh you know 13 nothing against the Saints who haven't been very good I don't know it was a, it was a strange day I thought, Tommy, the, the Bengals probably had the biggest statement win on the road over the Titans, but the Jets probably want to enter the chat room there because Mike White, again, the Mike White show, remember that last year, certainly, certainly better than Zach Wilson. And with that defense, I wonder how real the Jets could be. They've got some weapons if they can just get him the ball. Yeah, I feel like the Jets kind of came back from the dead yesterday a little bit. Uh, they were going nowhere with Zach Wilson. Um they, they were able to overcome Zach Wilson when they had Brees Hall on the field, but then Brees Hall went down, and Zach Wilson can't do it on his own. I'm not sure I'm not sure if he has a future as an NFL quarterback. I think that remains to be seen. But Mike White was able to come in and lead the charge. Now the Bears were down Justin Fields, and, and you know, so they, they were really you know, uh, kind of hamstrung uh, with that. But, yeah, the Jets had a, a kind of a statement win there. But I definitely feel like the Bengals over the Titans – that's probably the biggest win, at least in my mind, uh, from yesterday, just because a lot of people had forgotten about Cincinnati. Let's not forget Cincinnati was in the Super Bowl a year ago, uh, but they got off to a bad start. Um, you know, I think they were overlooked in the AFC by the teams that we talk about all the time. Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami, even Baltimore. Tennessee is one of those teams. We talk about a lot of different teams in the AFC and Cincinnati just kind of hung around. And here they are. You know, they, they upset the Titans on the road, and this is kind of the formula. It's what they did a year ago on their way to an AFC championship. Yeah, it, it look, I, I've been trying to find the reason not to sleep on the Bengals all year. I, I was on the Bengals last year, so I feel like I have a little bit of an emotional tie for them to be successful. Um, and, and they're starting to find their groove, and they're starting to find it, Tommy. Yes, they didn't have Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon yesterday, and they find a way to beat the Titans on the road. And that's yep. a big deal. Um, you know, that 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 tells you something. They were able to, you know, for the most part, contain Derrick Henry. That team's going to get better, likely in two places as the year goes along. They rebuilt their offensive line. You could anticipate that gets better as the season goes on and they get more experience together. And same with the defense. So you factor all that in. You get back your two best offensive weapons in Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase as you begin to go here. And yeah, I think the Bengals are are a legitimate contender here for sure, and that win sort of solidifies that for us yesterday. So I thought that was the the, the biggest statement win of the weekend. The Jets, I'm just going to sort of sit back, but I got to tell you, like if they can get something where they can keep defenses at least respecting their pass game with the defense that they're able to play, that's a really interesting postseason team. 
if you played them in bad weather, if you put, you know, all these little things that can happen when the calendar turns to January in the NFL, the Jets are, are interesting, if nothing else. Um, they'll get another game with the Bills here soon. When is that game? Uh, is that this weekend? Um, they've, they've got some opportunities here to really do some things. Now they get Minnesota, then Buffalo, back-to-back road games. You want to talk about a stretch to get out and prove something if you're if you're the Jets. You're going to get it this week against two of the best teams in the league. So, yeah, I thought they were – and it was the Bears. Look, they put 31 up against one of the worst defenses in football. So we'll – will hold reservation until they play their next two games. Um, elsewhere around the league, the Dolphins were cruising. Uh, they put Skylar Thompson in, and and the Texans were able to come back a little bit, but the Dolphins continue to look really, really good. Uh, the Chargers got that overtime win on the road. Not overtime, sorry, a win, one-point win on the road in Arizona. I still wonder about the Chargers, Tommy, and how healthy they could potentially get and dangerous they could potentially be. The AFC is just is loaded with these teams. Home field is going to be critical. A bye could be critical because there's teams up and down. It, really, I'm not sure that there is going to be a team in the AFC that makes it that you feel real good about playing in the postseason for whatever reason it is with that particular team. You know, If it's the Jets, it's because they play great defense. If it's the Titans, it's because they have Derrick Henry. If it's the Bengals, it's because, well, they're the Bengals, and they're actually probably really, really good. The Dolphins are obviously explosive. The Bills, the Chiefs, like all these teams in a one-game scenario would scare me to death, right? So – yeah, I, I I don't know. I I think home field that that for that number one overall seed is going to be pretty important. And you've got you know quite a few teams in the AFC that are not out of it. You know, for a wild card spot, the Chargers are six and five after their victory. Uh, you know, God. on on Sunday against if the Cardinals. they make it in healthy. Yeah, Oof. you know, it's kind of interesting that both the the Chargers and the Jags both scored late touchdowns, and then both went for two, both got it, and both won their games. Uh, yesterday, which I, I thought was that was remarkable to to see, um, and you know the Chargers or I'm sorry the Jaguars, they were able to spoil things for the Ravens, and you know I I have questions about if the Ravens have the the talent to get, uh, you know into a deep playoff run, um, but yeah there are a lot of teams right now that are not out of it by any stretch of the imagination in the AFC, um, so the next month or so, um, I, we're going to see it all sort of sort out. Um, I'm interested to see how it all goes. Boy, the Ravens, let's talk about the Ravens for a second. Good for the Jags for, for getting that win and going for two. By the way, going for two, why not not let the flip of a coin decide your fate? If you've got the opportunity to go win it, you know you have the ball in that scenario. I don't mind that at all. I also don't mind going for one. I I, I think that I think that's a pretty down-the-middle call. Uh, the Ravens' offense just leaves me wanting. Lamar Jackson looked pretty good yesterday. 90 yards on the ground, 250 through the air, no picks. Um his contract situation is going to continue to be one of the more fascinating stories of this offseason. But I, I keep waiting for the Ravens to just really take off. And what were they on? They were on a pretty good little win streak there. Um, they were on a, I think, four-game. Yeah, they were on a four-game win streak coming into that game. Two of those came on the road. They're going to have an opportunity because of the division they play in to win some games. They get Denver, then Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland, who will have Deshaun Watson at that point, but Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and then only Cincinnati. So really, like of their remaining six games, Cincinnati is the only one that they may not be favored in. I think they may back their way into this thing, um, but I don't know what to think of them. I'm having a hard time 
getting a good gauge on the Ravens because I thought they were going to come in and they should have come in yesterday and really handled the Jags. Good for the Jags for doing what they needed to do. Trevor Lawrence had one of his best games as a pro. But that's a game the Ravens have to go in and prove it on and, and sort of flex on a little bit. And they didn't do that at all. Yeah, they've had a really hard time this season before that four-game winning streak on winning close games. They lost by four to the Dolphins early in the season. They lost by three to the Bills. Um, they lost by four to the Giants. Uh, lost, um, you know, they, and then, of course, they've got a couple of other wins that, that are, are close in nature, but their record could be significantly different if they were able to get those early season close wins, uh, if they were able to make those wins instead of losses. But yeah, they had that four game winning streak. And then the Jaguars kind of came in with house money. You know, they're sitting there at three and seven. Um, and, you know, Doug Peterson rolled the dice a little bit there and they were able to get the victory. So I'm not sure how I feel about the Ravens. Um, you know, I do think that they, they benefit a little bit being in that division. But with seeing the way that they lost yesterday, and the way that the Bengals won, it makes me wonder if the Bengals are kind of on the come up and the Ravens are kind of, you know, declining a little bit. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, yeah, it, again, there are so many different teams in that conference in the AFC that are not out of it and, you know, have the talent to string together some wins. Um, the, the entire playoff picture in the AFC could look significantly different a month from now than it does right now. Yeah, it, it will be it, – it, it's and it's like that in the NFC too. I, I think we don't really know a whole lot about much in the NFL, quite frankly, right now. We know which teams are really good, but that's about it, right? The Chiefs are really good. The Eagles and Cowboys appear to be really good. The Bills are probably really good. I think we all sort of just count on that being the case. But it's really wide open across the NFL right now, and that's fun uh, because there are – you know. Again, we've talked maybe 10 teams right now that you could make a real good case could win a Super Bowl. And that's going to be so much fun to watch as we come down the stretch and get into the postseason. Uh, another one tonight that doesn't have much interest. Uh, so we'll figure out a way to bet it. Bet MGM uh, has its first touchdown. Uh, we'll, so we'll have some fun with Joel T. Lamerno on that. We like uh, chop, chopping it up a little bit about uh, some of those. Uh, I got, I'm still licking my wounds from bets this weekend, but I'll, I'll get a first touchdown in there. Uh, that'll come up, but not a whole lot of reasons to watch this game tonight. We'll suffer through it. We'll come back. We'll talk a little college hoops before we get to uh, Joel T. Lamerno, general manager of the Wichita Thunder, coming up at the top of the hour, and then we'll get into the Sunflower Showdown in hour number two as well. 869-1240 is the number to call. Rolling through this reaction Monday here on Sports Daily. All Brockton Caster coming right back at you.
Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Tommy, uh, let's talk a little college hoops here. We saw KU pick up its first loss of the season. We'll start there with the Jayhawks. Tennessee sort of pushing them around a little bit. Uh, you know, we saw a, a buzzer beater basically on a putback in that tournament as well by Pettiford. How confident are you right now in Kansas, who's 24-point favorites tonight against Texas Southern back at home? But, you know, I, I, we, I guess we can call it a panic meter if you want to. That's hyperbole because I don't think it's by any means any time to panic. But I, I have heard from Jayhawk people some lingering doubt about the opportunities maybe to repeat because I think people are pretty concerned about the lack of size uh, down low for KU right now. What do you think? I mean, it's early. It's November. Um, you know, I think of last season, the, the Jayhawks lost against Dayton in their holiday tournament and then went on to win the national championship. So it's early. Uh, my panic level is not super high. But yeah, of course, I've got concerns. It's the same concerns that we've had, um, you know, leading up to this season about what's going to happen at the five. Um, they, they don't have a presence in the post. And when they can get pushed around, by teams that are bigger than them, it relies on guys like Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick to take the game over. But when they're not able to do that, uh, then the Jayhawks are going to struggle. And Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick in the game against Tennessee, they weren't able able to take over. And their lack of size, I think, was really exposed against Tennessee. So that's been a concern that's nothing new. Um, they played a high-level opponent in the Volunteers, and we're pushed around some. But again, it's early. Um, they need to figure out a way to develop, um, whether it's Ernest Uday or uh, Zuby Ejiofor, they need to figure out a way to, to develop these bigs in a way to where they're not going to get pushed around. You know, I, I just, one, yes, we always overreact to holiday tournaments. Always, always, always. It, it happens every year with every team in the country. Uh, in a good way or in a bad way. We we think too highly of wins and, and too highly of losses, quite frankly. I'm not that worried yet because I, what I've thought is from all along is what we're seeing. The identity of this team is going to be different than it has been for, what, six, seven years going from Doak to David McCormick. They don't have that player on this team. At least I don't think that they do. And I never thought that they did. Quite frankly, that player isn't here. That's okay. Like, not there aren't a lot of teams that have a true offense coming through here, kind of number five that KU's had for now two generations. This this generation isn't going to have that, and that's okay. What it does, though, is increase. I think the pressure on Grady Dick to be an All American, and I'm not saying that like. That's an unreasonable expectation. Go back and look at the list of Gatorade National Players of the Year. Go look at who that go look at that list and the players on that list, right? That is a, a reasonable expectation for Grady Dick. And it's gonna be him and it's gonna be Jalen Wilson. And those two guys are going to be how this offense functions. Um Tommy, that's just it, We've got to stop thinking like who's going to step into that David McCormick role, because I don't I don't think anybody is going to step into that David yeah, McCormick role. I don't I don't think I don't it necessarily exists. 
I don't necessarily think that it, there is that talent either, but it's got to be better than what it was against Tennessee. I mean, it doesn't necessarily sure. have to be Doak or David McCormick, but they need at least a little bit of production, you know, from their bigs. And, you know, KJ Adams, as athletic as he is, and I like him, he's not a natural five. Um, you know, he's giving three or four inches, sometimes more, um, you know, to, to the five on the other team. And so, yeah, he can stretch the floor. He's he's quick. He's athletic. He's all those things. Um, but you look at a true big, whether that's Ernest Uday or Zuby Edge of Four, Zach Clements, these guys need to develop to at least give them a little bit of production. And I'm not even necessarily talking about offensively. I'm talking about defensively as well, getting rebounds, you know, defending the post well. Those things are are all I think legitimate concerns right now. I'm not panicked, but I think that they're on the table. Look, look at the, I'm going to give you the list of, I'm going to give you the list of these national player of the years for Gatorade, right? And the company that Grady Dick is. When I say he's going to need to be an All-American, that's not an exaggeration. He's going to need to be an All-American if KU wants to repeat. He's going to have to be that kind of player. But just listen to these names, and this is the company he keeps. Chet Holmgren was the player of the year before Grady Dick. Imani Bates, James Wiseman, R.J. Barrett, Michael Porter Jr., Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Bradley Beal, Brandon Knight won it twice in a row, um, Kevin Love. I mean, we're going too far back now, but this is an award that LeBron James won. Like this company, it's a Kobe Bryant won this award. Dwight Howard won this award. This is the and now a lot of those guys at the time didn't go to college, but a lot of these guys in the more recent years obviously did and are really good NBA players. They were also in their brief times in college, most of them, James Wiseman not, you know, withstanding. They were really good college players. So it's not out of the realm to say a freshman has that kind of expectation. And I'm not saying Grady Dick has to be that tomorrow. I'm saying Grady Dick needs to be that in February. Right, he's got to go through the lumps of Bill Self really working him over uh, for a little while and getting him elevated to the level of mental and physical toughness it's going to take to get to that point. But let's not forget that Grady Dick is well groomed for this. Right, he went to Sunrise Christian to be prepared for this, to to walk in the door and be ready to make this kind of impact. And we've absolutely seen at times this year his ability to do that. So for KU, it's going to be more about what Jalen Wilson and Dick and maybe one other guy, I think, needing to step up offensively. That's where I don't know yet. Who's going to become that third option offensively? Because it's not going to be Dwan Harris, right? That's not what he does. And I don't think it's going to be KJ Adams. So who's it going to be? Who can step up and hit shots? Who can step up and give them 12 points off the bench? Who's that guy going to be consistently? Because that very well may be the key to KU's offense. Yeah, and I think that you're right when you say coming off the bench. You know, the Kansas bench uh, up to this point really has not been effective whatsoever. They've not had nope. hardly any points. Um, and, and really, it's Bill Self, you know, shortening the rotation quite a bit. Um, but there's really not been a lot of production from the bench. I think what's what's probably more concerning moving forward, um, more than the bigs, is Bobby Pettiford's injury. Um, he's had a, a hard time staying on the court in his career uh, with Kansas. 
Um, so he's going to be out probably for a couple weeks is what Bill Self said. Um, and so how do those minutes get filled? Uh, looks like Joe Yesifu uh, played yeah. quite a bit. He played 27 minutes, had 14 points. But I'm not sure that Kansas really wants to hitch its wagon to Yesifu's star long term. That's really not the play. Uh, and so that's going to be concerning, I think, moving forward is who's the next one in after Dewan Harris. It's, it's got to be Yesifu and how effective can he be? Yeah, and, and McCuller is, the, I think, the third guy. Um, Yesifu has an opportunity to now come in and be the kind of shot maker we saw him transfer in as. Like, he was world famous because of his offensive abilities before he came to Kansas. So hopefully that can shine through. But it's McCuller. And I don't think McCuller's going to come off the bench, but I think there are opportunities at times for him to, um, to sort of lead a second rotation, whether that's off the bench or not. His experience, like that's what he's there for, right? And we saw Remy Martin really grow into that role late last year. McCuller has the exact same kind of opportunity coming in. He came into he came to Kansas for one reason, to win a natty. And, and I think he can really help them do that, but we're going to have to see him sort of take over at times. If, you know, if Wilson's not getting it, Wilson's been very good. He's been tremendous. If Dick doesn't have it in that particular moment because he's a young player and that's going to happen, McCuller has to be the stabilizer, has to be the guy that makes sure they don't go through stretches where they just don't score. The bigs, the bigs are just going to have to rebound and play defense. I mean, that's it, right? Like at some point, you just have to say, guys, like you can't let their bigs dominate us. Your your goal right now is to get in there and get nasty. And I think KJ Adams can be good at that. We're going to be, KU's going to be undersized. I mean, they are going to be undersized. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, and let's not forget, too, that, um, you know, of course, Grady Adams, it, you know, Grady Dick uh, was the, the Gatorade player of the year, right? And that's outstanding, but the opponents know that, too. So the opponents are going to do everything that they can do to shut him down. Tennessee did a good job at that. Wisconsin did a good job at that. So that's going to be important, too, is how can Bill Self find ways to get Grady Dick open and have him be effective when, you know, a lot of times, um, actually every time, the opponents know that Grady Dick is going to be the first option to score. I would say that ideally for Kansas, Grady Dick would be the first option to score even ahead of Jalen Wilson. Oh, absolutely. And so, and so defenses are going to know that, and they're going to try to take Grady Dick away. That formula has been effective. At least it was effective against Tennessee. It was effective with Wisconsin also, and it you know Kansas needed overtime to get the victory. So that those adjustments are going to need to be made. Uh, K-State just keeps on winning, getting us excited in uh, in basketball. We'll talk more about them later in the week with our K-State insider, Tim Fitzgerald. But the Cats are off to a fantastic start, and the Shockers were still evaluating. They looked pretty good Saturday, maybe a, a statement game for Gus Okafor. Uh, we'll try to get into a little more of the college basketball later in the show. Coming up next... Uh, we'll have our bi-weekly visit with Joel T. Lomerno, see what's going on with the Wichita Thunder, see what he thinks uh, of maybe some, some fun bets or anything tonight. We'll get back into it. Hour number two coming at you on Sports Daily. 